Welcome to the Born to Be a Badass podcast, the show about the intersection of women's empowerment, embodiment, and self-defense, and what women need to know and do to enhance their physical, mental, and emotional safety. Here's your host, fourth-degree black belt and self-protection expert, Cynthia jalacor Rude. Welcome to the Born to Be a Badass podcast. I'm your host, Cynthia Jolicoerud, and today I am so stoked to bring back to the show a woman who is just probably my favorite person on the planet to ask a lot of questions of, Alice Alexandrescu. You will remember her because we did an episode earlier in season two where we went into her personal story and a whole bunch of other things, including probably my favorite part, which was a really deep dive into breathing. So today we're going to focus more on the self-defense aspects, and let me tell you why. Alice is an options facilitator who helps others identify and protect their personal, well-defined mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical boundaries. She's currently mentoring under Tony Blower in his Spear System Elite Masterclass. She's an Army veteran, holds a Master of Fine Arts in Behavioral Aesthetics, and is a qualified mental health associate and skills trainer. Welcome back to the show, Alice. Great to be here. I love chatting with you, Cynthia. We could talk for days. So yeah. we'll try to keep it short, sweet, and on the point today. Yeah, we'll give the <laughs> listeners some really potent stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So before we dive into that, of course, I have to ask you a couple of warm-up questions. Okay. And these, I have a lot of fun with these. So you ready? Yes. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> oh, gosh. Let me, um, well, I, I would say yesterday I ate a bee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's strange, but, and then I think a combination of foods that I had just yesterday, it was beets, kelp, raw sprouted oats raw honey where I found the bee. So a bee with sprouted almond paste with a raw onion. So I would say that's the strangest thing I ate within, within my recent memory, but I definitely put a lot of weird things in my mouth. So it's hard to, it's hard to go back any farther in time. Yes, you do. And, and I crack up just to hear you say that you ate a bee because my current challenge with all four of my German shepherds is that we have tons of little teeny weeny bees out in the backyard and they are forever chasing and snapping at the bees and glory's she's gotten one that actually zapped her in the lip so she got a big old fat lip from that but i think most of these little ones don't sting and so all i hear when i go out the door now is like snapping german shepherd teeth because they're trying to catch bees oh that's cute (laughs) So if you could spend a month anywhere in the world, where would that be? Ooh, gosh, I would say, gosh, some remote village living with a host family. And they're teaching me really cool ways to braid my hair while we're like, well, I'm helping them farm. (laughs) It could be any place. So if it fits in the, if it, if it fits in that, in, in those like, and beautiful scenery. So next to water, beautiful vegetation, wonderful host family, 
and then we're learning some kind of skill with my hair because I got like hair down to my waist that I'm just always wondering what else I could do with it besides braiding. Okay. So, <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of several places that might fit the bill. Oh, great. See, I'm, I like, I like as an options facilitator, I like options. My questions and my teachings are based on principles. So instead of being specific, then just leave it open and then, you know, anything could happen. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. What prompted you to start teaching self-defense or maybe even prior to that learning self-defense? Well, definitely a strong sense of morally, universally, ethically right and wrong. Like, but in right and wrong, I mean, like, are we collaborating? Are we helping each other? Or are we conflicting and harming each other? So I prefer the helping and the collaborating. And then my interest in self-defense comes from when the conflicting and the harming comes into play. What can I do? How can I protect myself? And how can I protect others in order for us to stay in our chosen path and our in our desire, in our dreams, in our higher brains to like co-create beautiful realities, you know, with whatever makes us feel alive. So so that's my quick quick answer for that one. It's just like everybody deserves to live live out their dreams. And the things that get in the way of dreams are conflict and harm. And sometimes it comes from other people and sometimes it comes from like these bullies in our own minds. So, so I really believe that self-defense, like being confident, truly, truly confident in physical self-defense in that, in that physical body will create a foundation, a baseline to feel confident in the emotional and mental and spiritual bodies too. And then, and then having access, like when things started shutting down and Tony Blauer pivoted with his business and started offering like this unique, he calls it garage gym combatives. I just started as like a hobby and interest for myself. And of course, wishing it for all people to like know this kind of stuff, but then working it with him for (laughs) hundreds and hundreds of live hours on Zoom. I'm like, I'm learning this. Oh, I love sharing it with people. Oh, this is really potent stuff. Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a life of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can relate. Mm -hmm. It it is hard. Like once you, once you start to learn and once you start to build the skills and the knowledge, I think it's almost impossible to have a desire to keep it to yourself. Like it Mm -hmm. just naturally, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what everybody needs to know and learn. And I can't Mm -hmm. possibly keep this to myself because what a disservice to, you know, my community, if Mm -hmm. I have this and I, and I don't share it. Totally. Yeah. 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 I can relate. Yeah. So one of the things when we spoke earlier that really intrigued me was you mentioned using the allegory of the four elements to help people defend mind, body, emotion, and spirit. So tell me more about that. What the heck are you talking about? (laughs) I am constantly revising and thinking about this because the using metaphor and story and allegory and stuff like that helps 
me remember information and contextualize information and then deliver information. And doing the sphere system with Coach B, Tony Blower, I realized that this is a this entire holistic system truly is holistic in a sense where it cultivates awareness self-awareness and situational awareness like that's something that's like to quote coach b no awareness no chance and that makes me think of like what am i being aware of and it's these four mindsets these measurable neurophysiological states of being that neurophysiologists can detect with machines. There's our perception, which is analogous to spirit, this fiery spirit perception, this thing that can rise above and see the big picture, right? So that's the fire element. And in order for us to be like in spirit system, we have our three Ps, personal, passionate, what's the third P? Present. <laughs> present, that's the one. <laughs> personal, present, passionate. So those, those, we teach that in spear system in order to tap into what will it mean if, what will cost me if I don't fight back, like to tap into, I want to protect myself. And we need to have this spiritual fire connection, this fire inside of us to like turn on when the heat, you know, to, to bring up the heat in those circumstances to defend ourselves. So having the the connection to our fire, like why, why, what am I living for? What am I protecting? And, and, and that's how I bring in the fire element. And it's one, it's less dense. It's, it's, it's a, it's a collective social thing. Like the fire element is like, encompasses us all so it's like personal passionate present because the like being connected helps us also be present and if we're somewhere else again no awareness no chance if we're not present if we're going into what tony calls a fear loop and being immobilized by past fear fears playing in our brain conditions expectations like i have no chance because this is a man or i have like wow this person's bigger than me or or i'm just like these these lies that that take us out of the present then we become more vulnerable so connecting to the fire all right so let's what's another one water so water is a more fluid it's it's a more dense energy it's it represents our emotion like our emotional states, the, our emotions move us. So having the self-awareness of like having a, a, a robust emotional vocabulary to understand like, this is what my anger serves. This is what my joy serves. This is what my sadness serves. Being able to understand emotional boundaries so we can make day-to-day -day decisions that don't stress us out. So we can make day-to-day -day decisions that keep us parasympathetic. Parasympathetic meaning rest, digest, feed, breathe. Like 99% of the time, we should be in parasympathetic state. And that 1%, when the tiger comes 
out of the bushes is when we kick it into um, our sympathetic state. But it's that percentage is inversed. 99% of the time, people are on guard and their body is pumping out stress hormones that's inflaming everything in the body, inflaming the brain. Mm. And if we don't have a really good connection with our emotional self, our emotional states and where they're coming from and what they're trying to communicate to us, that is going to leave us vulnerable. And that's what bad guys look for. They look for easy targets. They look for targets that won't take a lot of time to deal with where they, and that they will guarantee that they, they'll feel comfortable attacking. So the bad guys, you know, as Tony teaches us, bad guys want to body property life and they want to get, get away quickly to not get caught and to not get hurt. So when we have our emotional boundaries crossed, daily, that kind of trains us mentally to disregard our own feelings. And I have a story, which I'll hold on to. (laughs) um, I'll contemplate it. It's with, it's about a defensive tactics instructor that I did a one-on-one with who had way more training in defensive tactics than I ever did. And it was, and even in with the tactical leg of the law enforcement and military side of Spear System. What was fascinating was we just, we did a one-on-one because they were really attracted to the elemental frame that I put, that put it in, put the Spear System, like delivering it through and, mm-hmm. and just in general. And this defensive tactics instructor says, like, I never told anybody this, but like, I'm in dangerous people's homes every day. And with all my training, I don't know if I can defend myself because I had two incidences in my personal life where my partner, who I was with, attacked me and I didn't do anything. They didn't hurt me, but I just froze and didn't do anything. So I'm like, whoa, like that is neural real estate. That is some emotional real estate that is being like a movie in your mind that's getting played over and over again and it's distracting from the three p's it's distracting from the fire mm-hmm. and that that self-doubt those low vibe emotions it's just distracting from the training and anything there's a nice nice saying from wayne dreyer so you think so shall you be or something or what you think so shall you be mm-hmm. and so i was like in the spear system the way that i kind of framed it as we were exploring this concern and of course i thanked this person for for being vulnerable and sharing something that they were afraid of because again you, you can't be brave if you're not afraid again i'm gonna i'm throwing in a lot of code b quotes here that's fine with me i love them I'm very pithy <laughs> yeah yeah we talked about like in in spirit system just quick rundown we have the three D's, D1, D2, D3. Maybe, I'm sure your listeners, have, or maybe you, you've mentioned it, I'm sure, in different Now go ahead and just ways. define what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So D1 is detect to avoid. So basically being self and situationally aware to not even be in a compromising, threatening place in the first place. Mm-hmm. D, 
D2 is diffuse to de-escalate. So that is when we are in that we D1 cannot be avoided. The threat is in front of us and we are using our verbal skills to get to safety or distract the the threat in order to make an, an attack quick and possible. And, and that would be the D3, which would be defend to protect. So D3 is close quarters stuff. We're body in like there's it's eminent and we are protecting our our body and life right now. So D1, D2, D3. And I like to put the emotional, the water element in the D1 category, because that's like, if I have a bad feeling, I have to honor it every time. And for this defensive tactics instructor, I'm like, it's likely that you ignored a bad feeling months, maybe years before you decided to share your personal sacred space with this person who finally put hands on you. Like, and then I'm like, but what did you do? Like, they didn't hurt you. You know, they pegged you up against the wall. What did you do the next day? She's like, I left. And I'm like, guess what? You survived, you know, like fighting back or doing like whatever. Like you're here now. You survived that situation and you left it. That's a win. And your instincts, intuition, intelligence in that moment, the, the safest thing to do was not to do anything because there was just something there. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And that's the way that you can, you can frame it that way or you can frame it this, this, this other way that's keeping you very distracted from your job. So the emotions the water element being more dense and like what, what moves me, like what makes me make choices to like where I'm going to go. And that's that story. So the, we got fire, which is the spirit perception. It's the, it's the greater social good. It's the one I'm passionate about. We have water, which is the emotions, the feelings, like how can I honor them to like, and understand them in order to make, the safest choices for my dreams and desires and personal safety. And we got air. Air is the lightest, right? It's the least dense. So it represents the mind. And it's the least dense and we can have the most thoughts. And just like, just like air, if we have too many of them, we can like get thrown into a tornado of, of thinking. And then that can, distract us from our emotion it can distract us from our spirit like the air element is to kind of have us think like our thoughts are fleeting they're put mm-hmm. into our brains by others so we're not our thoughts our mind is not our thoughts thoughts just have origins from various sources and to be self-aware be like what are my thoughts and what are the consequences? And then understanding neuroplasticity that, yeah, thoughts are fleeting. But if I have the same thought over and over and over again, guess what? The body, the motions, the spirit are going to be like, okay, I'll manifest that reality. If you keep on saying that you, you're, you're going to be confused, 
that you're going to be if you're going to be confused or you're going to freeze or or you don't know what to do if you say that every single day and taking and that's taking up so much in your real estate and 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 time and attention then that's what's going to be in the mind that's where the mind is going to go when stress comes in spirit system we practice like when stress comes we fill it with d1 d2 d3 mm-hmm. and can i convert the like understanding there's physiological responses but it's a good thing that our body's working to respond and to convert that that brainstem startle response that happens at 240 miles an hour and our brain thinking happens at 140 miles an hour read that in an article somewhere <laughs> um <laughs> and and just understanding this conversion so the so our thoughts can be absolutely powerful but if we just understand the nature of neuroplasticity and the nature of where attention flows whatever it's pointed at it grows mm-hmm. so and then this is stuff we hear it in neurolinguistic programming we hear it in in cognitive behavioral therapy we hear it in self-development coaches and esoteric teachings and and just the thing is it's like people are saying it and just like in my own life it's like but how do i apply it to my day to day and then right. how can i be at peace how can i actually all of the stuff like every listener that's listening to right now it's like how can what i'm listening to what i'm choosing to listen to and by the way thank you for listening i appreciate your time and attention it is the most valuable priceless thing on earth in the universe in existence so it's absolutely precious priceless so where my attention goes is the ra- realities i feed and then and i'm learning that myself cuz i would have unconscious thoughts non-conscious like thoughts that i identified with and then that would be distracting distracting from my goals distracting from just who i like my true alice is like i like to call her ta t a true alice <laughs> so <laughs> ta the mighty ta so that's the that's that air element is to kind of feel into what it might feel like what a gentle breeze might feel like or what stillness might feel like like maybe like i might have had for the first time in my life some mind quiet like where my mind was quiet and that took me like i've been working for maybe 2 years doing different approaches to finally kind of break a lot of belief systems that i didn't even know were were holding me back and so mind quiet was just kind of like the state where there was no chatter and i wasn't afraid that i wasn't connected i felt connected with my heart and and then the day comes and then like past memories echo future past you know anticipations for future events kind of come in but then just kind of being more present in that center so that's yeah i can i can see how that you know plays out when you're in a situation that you need to quickly assess you know what's going on out there or what's going on in between the people and what's going on inside me 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and understanding the, the fire part of like your connection to your, your purpose or your passion and your spirit to me is a huge piece of the motivation to actually do something in that situation. Mm-hmm. And then the, the water part of, of the emotional self and the states and the boundaries and and the purpose or the usefulness of emotions, I can I can totally see how that plays in too. So it's mm-hmm. a really neat, it's a neat paradigm. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about earth. Body. <laughs> oh, it's the, duh. It's the, it's <laughs> it's the, the physical. <laughs> yeah. So the earth is the only thing that's truly like in like the earth is the present. It's like my body doesn't lie. My body is here. The mind can travel across the universe. The emotion goes to other dimensions. The spirit, like, is a direct, you know, uh, bat phone call to God. But the body is what we're in, in close camp, in close quarters combat, like self defense situations. The body, the earth is what we got. And I like to frame the earth. It's so it's the most dense. The earth is the most dense. And then the, the liquid, and this is kind of on a physiological level. The earth is most dense. We have bone. We have fascia. We have lymphatic fluid. We have our lungs, our organs, our kidneys, our pancreas. We have our, our biomechanical structures. We have our functionality and movement. We have our central and peripheral nervous system. So like all of these are very real. <laughs> this, this is this is the, the the trillions upon trillions of harmonious like cellular structures that are working as a sum of their all of, of all of the parts to to you know and that in itself is pretty miraculous and and just kind of honoring what it is to have a physical earthly body you know with esoteric stuff it's like okay yeah we we last forever you know, our, our energies, nothing is created or destroyed. Our essence, you know, scat, you know, it comes into this world and comes out of this world. And, but this body that we embody right now in this iteration and in this life is utterly unique. And part of the way I, I bring it into self defense is like, this is, there's a, I, I ask my students, like, just stick your hand out in front of you in that distance. And that distance, that's where your brain, believes it starts like that you know three feet or so from every like three feet from every cell in your skin outward the brain is mapping that territory it's called the peripersonal space it's also called the um proprioceptive territory so part of understanding self-awareness is our physical placement how we move and that we actually start three feet ahead of us. That's where our brain believes. Because our brain is just this, it has the consistency of, if you were to poke your finger in it, it would be like soft butter. It wouldn't deform like butter deforms, but that's how soft and gooey the brain is. So it's it's just estimating on where it begins and where it thinks it is. So this this peripersonal space or in kindergarten our personal bubble right yeah like that's sacred sacred territory 
like anybody, anybody who dares come within this space better be honorable, noble energy, right? So, um, so having like with the earth element, it's like what we have right now in the present. How am I taking care of it? What am I introducing into it? If from all levels, like, you know, part of, part of my, you know, when I started training with, uh, uh, coach B and just getting more tactically fit, doing the tactical fitness. Once I had like, cause I'm a very cerebral individual, so I can easily float out of my body and then not take care of it for a long time. And I realized once I realized that these elements are intricately connected because I sit here in favor of my mind and my intellect, but the body carries all of it. The body houses the, the earth element houses the fire and the water and, and the air. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and together they make, you know, the, the, the earthly body that I have. And so I started just making more non-conscious choices to eat more fruits and vegetables to, because I'm sitting here and now I have like this purpose, like, Oh, tactical fitness. Oh, there's a purpose to this. Why I'm doing this, this sit up with a, with a spear, a spear movement, which is an outside 90 kind of like forearm palm, a strike forward. And, and then just that, that got me more in tune with my body element. and. So those are the earth, air, fire, water. And it's just, it's a contemplative model, very simple. And then the two energies that are above that or not above that, but just kind of like, then we have like the yin yang, masculine, feminine kind of thoughts. It's like protective, nurturing, containing, flowing. Um, but we don't, I haven't incorporated that, but there's in, into my, into my classes yet but that's also just understanding like part of building an identity and integrating thoughts and feelings and traumas and desires and all of these life pieces into like one coherent this is me this is my timeline this is my personal history and i am proud of it and i am not just proud of it, I'm, I'm empowered by it. And I, I own my timeline. And and every choice I make is to to serve this beautiful being that I am. And as I serve my being, and my being gets empowered and strengthened, and it builds skills, then by natural default, the beings around me will benefit because I will be like this self-regulated skillful ally adult member of society someone that can collaboratively problem solve back to the beginning when i was like self-defense like the way that i see society it's people are collaborating and helping in that mindset a growth mindset or conflicting and harming with a fixed mindset and and i saw it in all of my different like i've worked in a number of different workspaces military art mental health instruction food services just in these different different fields and they all kind of are plagued by 
the same violent language. (laughs) So it's a conflict language, which would segue into NBC. Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really cool. And thank you for sort of, you know, unfolding all of those different aspects of the elements. And I, I love that paradigm. It makes so much sense to me. And and I think one of the really cool things about working with women and teaching how do you protect yourself is having different ways, you know, different doorways to go through that you can actually have the conversation with. So, I mean, this is a doorway I hadn't even thought about, but it's really powerful. And I think it really resonates with a lot of people. You know, it's a completely different framework to think about the same kinds of concepts. So thank you for just describing that whole world. It's, that's really cool. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So the next thing I want to dive into, though, which is yeah. kind of where we were leading, is just like most of the women that I talk with, like the number one desire is to avoid a physical fight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, I don't want to have to fight for my life. Yes. And, you know, if we know that many, if not most violent encounters start with an altercation or a conflict, usually even a verbal one. Is that how how can we avoid being in a situation that has the potential to turn violent? And how does what you know about nonviolent communication and nonverbal cues, like how does that come into play in that space? Loaded how, question. Did I tee that up really well? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's as all fear coaches, you know, will say, it depends on scenario. D-O-S, depends on scenario always. So, especially like with the elements, like part of like contemplating. So, not like learning something, but just kind of contemplating like, what is my emotional situation like? Why? What is my mental situation like? Why? What is my physical situation like? Why? What is my spiritual situation like? Why? Because the reason I'm bringing, pulling the elements back in there is because we need all four of them with like, it's, it's almost like I would, if it's like a surfboard and each element has, is a section of the surfboard and then we're the surfer on top and, and then this waves comes at us or we're, we're trying to navigate these waters or something and we need to lean in to one or the other to like be able to navigate this this obstacle, this current, this flow, this, this wave that might seem really scary. So just as a physiological baseline in order, like to use words effectively, we have to be in our executive functioning cerebral cortex. We need to be in our language centers and working on in terms of lower like lowering our day-to-day stress will keep us have quicker availability and reaction time to stay within our verbal centers in order to even access those skills in the first place Mm -hmm. like so if but so if we have so getting our elements checking in with our elements before we start worrying about specific scenarios because if we start if we jump into like oh gosh there's an aggressive guy and, and then I don't want to fight him. I want to talk him out of it. Like that is a 
problem that's generalized. It's a clumped problem. <laughs> it's it, it's it's a it's a non-specific scenario that will kind of create an ambiguous fear, and it's and that's just we don't want to stop there. That's just the beginning concern. So there's you break break stuff down. It's like answering the questions. How am I going? Like how am I? What under what? Where am I afraid? Where is my fear telling me that an aggressive guy might pop up? What's the scenario? Okay, now I have it. What's like, is it, am I afraid because I walk this certain route? Am I, do I have family members? You know, like these very specific, these very specific details going deeper and deeper into them. And in in D2, for choice speech in, in Spear System, we visited this in depth in our master class but we were asked to come up with places we actually go to that we're actually concerned about and come up with these scenarios and then come up with how we would feel and then what we might say and not specific scripts it's with nonviolent communication it's about being authentic and respectful to what's going on inside of your body. So can you explain what nonviolent communication is? Because I, I hear a lot of people refer to it and I don't always know if, you know, we actually know what we're talking about. So, you know what, that's beautiful. Yes. Let's let absolutely. So, cause I took me a couple years to maybe get close to being able to describe it because we grow up, the news, TV, all of that is violent communication, just to give you <laughs> like a baseline. So it's playing verbal games. It's debate, like violent, violent communication is I win, you lose. We're going to draw a line and throw information or data or, or whatever at each other until somebody Somebody throws in the towel or we both compromise something and give up something. So that's like, and then it's hard to talk about. Like I came, like when I first learned about nonviolent communication, my belief system was so deeply embedded in this. No, humans are this way. Humans conflict. Humans can't work together. They're naturally psychotic. They're naturally. And that was a huge part of my growth of realizing that that's not the case. We're herd animals or social animals in tribal situations. Communic language was the first technology, effective, clear language to represent what's going on in our internal world and to coordinate, to create and manifest and when I say manifest, it's like we want to get across this river, like manifest walk a bridge, you know, like we want to mm-hmm. we want to organize the harvest and stuff. So understanding that the world, the dominant way that we're, that's that's being used is violent communication. So nonviolent communication is stepping out of that belief system 
out of that model. And it's, it's done with an intention of both of us winning something together. It's, it's, it's a shift. Like Marshall Rosenberg, the creator of nonviolent communication, who studied indigenous languages who do this language naturally, like, like this is the way ideas and intention and outcomes like ideas, intentions, outcomes of using language to heal each other, to collaborate, to learn about each other. In our society, or general, the popular, it's languages used to attack, to, 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 to fight off, to like back to that zero sum game. Somebody always wins, somebody always loses. So, mm-hmm. so since it's so embedded, and even as I'm speaking now, I'm like butting up against old, my old belief systems because it's like, well, it does exist. You see it all the time. It's like, but there is an alternative. There's nonviolent communication and it exists and people use it to tremendous effect. And so what do you do if you're using it? Are there <laughs> like particular <laughs> principles or steps yeah. or? Well, this is another good question. So yeah, there's some principles. There there are some like acronyms and there's some principles, but the principle is to identify what the people are feeling, like what I'm feeling and what the other person's feeling. Now in a and not in a moment after this we'll, we'll kind of break down like in a self-defense scenario, because there's different self-defense scenarios depending. So the the principles of nonviolent communication is everybody has needs. There's universal needs and there's universal feelings. And when someone has, when someone does something or says something, they're trying to get a need met. And and the the and they're doing it with feelings underneath that. And then whatever they're doing elicits feelings from another person. So mm-hmm. and then that other person has needs met or unmet. So in the uh, the acronym in nonviolent communication to just kind of facilitate an observer like what are what are the main things am i looking for so i'm it's observation in the physical world like just facts and evidence seen like my husband doesn't do the didn't do the dishes after dinner like that's just like the dishes are still in the sink <laughs> mm-hmm. and and that's just facts now observation feeling need request. So we have an observation, we have a feeling, we have a need, we have a request. So the way that Marshall Rosenberg called the violent perspective, the violent belief system, he called them, he calls it jackal language, like jackals. Mm-hmm. Like, and then the nonviolent communication belief system and way of speaking and seeing and believing is called giraffe because giraffe has a long neck and it can see far off into the distance. and. And he used puppets. He used puppets. So the jackal way of looking at those dishes is 
my husband hates me. He always does this to piss me off every day. Like that's, so it's adding these, it's like a lot of you statements. You're pissing me off. You're doing this. You're hurting me. Mm-hmm. So it's, and that's, that is not that kind of language. Like, and I have this, I have this <laughs> in old relationships. This, the dishes are like this huge super like it's a superficial arguing point for deeper problems in relationships it's it's like which direction the toilet paper goes yeah yeah (laughs) right as a woman and as a mother of daughters i know that life can feel pretty damn scary and with good reason whether you've experienced violence before or you're just aware that it's out there and it stops you from moving freely around this world you're not alone The numbers are not pretty. It's estimated that 35% of women worldwide have experienced either physical or sexual intimate partner violence or violence by a non-partner. The National Crime Victimization Survey reported that more than 600 women in the U.S. are raped or sexually assaulted every day. But I want you to know that you don't have to live in fear. You and your daughter can and deserve to navigate this world feeling confident, prepared, and most of all, completely capable of taking care of yourself and your loved ones. Because you were born ready. When you learn how to recognize and use the self-protection tools that you were born with, your innate built-in self-defense system, you can keep yourself safe. And I can show you how to do that. In my new program, Born Ready, the three life-saving self-defense tools for empowered women, you will get a quick, powerful introduction to key self-defense concepts and tools to jumpstart your safety. Here's just a bit of what you'll cover. The first module is all about your amazing body, how your body and brain are designed to protect you. You landed on the planet well-equipped to keep yourself safe. And yeah, we've been domesticated, but this is where you will learn how to get in touch with your built-in protection system. Module two is all about nonviolent postures. Now, most assaults do not start out of the blue with violence. They start with an interaction between two or more people that goes down the wrong path. So in this module, you discover how to stop a situation from becoming unsafe and how to keep yourself safe if it does go violent. Module three is tools and targets. It's all about how to use your human weapon tools to fight if you should ever become the victim of a true ambush, somebody attacking you with no warning, or if you become involved in a confrontation that turns violent. This is exactly what you need to lay the foundation for your personal safety so that you can begin navigating the world with confidence. This course is an investment in your safety and in the safety of your children and loved ones. It's an investment with an invaluable return, personal power, confidence, and safety. If you are interested in learning what can save your life, please click the link in the show notes or go to www.cynthiajolikerrude.com slash born ready to find out how you can enroll in the born ready course 
I'm offering it to podcast listeners for just $97 if you enroll using the coupon code PODCAST. You can make this investment with absolutely no risk because you are covered by my 100% money back guarantee. If within a week of enrolling in the course, you don't feel uplifted, encouraged, and empowered to keep yourself safe, then just send me an email and I'll send you a refund. You and I both know that every woman is born to be a badass. We all have innate power and abilities, but we often don't know that they're there or we don't know how to unleash them. So enroll in Born Ready to feel ready, to be confident, and to live with the freedom that you deserve. So so using that sort of jackal mode is pretty much a guaranteed argument, conflict, fight. Yes. So it's like, you you always do this. You're, you're lazy. You, you know, I asked you a thousand times to always do this. And, you know, you know, like that's, that's, I, that's, I wouldn't, I would, I would, unless the, unless the person being jackaled at is a, is a high level giraffe listener, because that's the other thing. It's like, we can put, if, if we're like, if our elements are really squared away and we do a lot of like meditation and a lot of contemplation and self-work and, and maturity, and then really are in our own boundaries, like we can look at another person who might be dysregulating like that and hear with jackal ear. I mean, hear with giraffe ears. So the person can be like, you're an asshole. You're stupid. I can't believe that you didn't do the dishes you asked me all the time. But then like there would be this giraffe filter that, that hears something else. It hears underneath the surface. And it's like, I'm scared that the relationship that my mother and father had together, like I'm just repeating that right now. And I want to just, feel seen and respected and I don't feel seen and respected because I because these dishes are dirty you know like that's <laughs> that would be hearing putting this filter this giraffe filter on on a jackal like attack so and, if you if you hear that if you hear the attack and you you want to de-escalate or, or diffuse would you actually verbalize what you just said or like how would you depends on the scenario. How do you interact, you know, with <laughs> yeah. them? Like, what, yeah. what would you do? Because I know, yeah. like, one of the things that sets me off, and I'm probably not unique in this, is having somebody else tell me how I think or feel. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, how would well, you, how would you do this? It would be, well, that, that, like, what I, I wouldn't say everything that, like, that would be, that would be, the filter would be, like, how I receive it. So I won't get personally like I won't take that projection and that anger into my personal, like that would be an emotional, like that would be a strong emotional boundary, like to not, to not take that in. So, so, and, and you know, when I talk, you know, with the a, a water element boundary, just being there to like block the, the, like it, it won't block everything, but it won't send me through the roof. So, there's a lot of, like Marshall explains this far, far better than because he's been doing it for decades and he's, he's since passed, but there's so many beautiful nonviolent communication videos of Marshall explaining this kind of stuff. But I will, I will, I will go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if, if, and this is a domestic situation. I think this is like, if this is somebody I know that I chose to be with, you know, and. Um, Which is, we have to acknowledge how most women get attacked, right? Right. So, so, and then that, you know, and then that's, and that adds like other, you know, other layers of complication because that just as a side note, having this constant threat of potential physical harm when, you know, like that's, that's definitely, you know, marriage counseling and, and just something like that, that seems like a, like very emotionally. And I've, you know, I've existed in these types of households as a child where walking on eggshells kind of stuff, but then there's other like, oh no, we can't leave the situation because there's financial entanglement and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but complicated things, but there's far more resources and tools available. Like now, free tools, resources, organizations, strategies that exist in 2020 than they did in 1980. Yeah. So, so then, uh, so how do you, oh, so if you're oh. on the receiving end of one of these things and, and you have this decent boundaries, you're like, okay, I'm not going to let that in and take it personally, but I still well, need then, to deal with the situation. Yeah. Then and so, are there tools then that you can use? I mean, the one that comes to my mind, and I don't know if it's part of nonviolent communication or not, is just the like the active listening or reflective listening. Well, it it depends. Like, if the scenario is like when you like being vulnerable and using I statements can be one thing. It could be like when you're and and again, this is like it's it's difficult to imagine because even when I say this, they're like, "Oh, he's not going to listen to that," or. Or she's not going to, you know, like that's not going to work on him or her. And it's like, try it anyway and see what happens because what are you doing over and over again? You know, what's, what are, what are you, it's, it's just a matter of like when these scenarios happen, it's, it really is about connecting honestly and authentically with our partners, with what we're actually feeling. Cause again, back to, back to like partnership being the sacred thing. And, and if the partnership is the most dangerous thing in the life, then that's something serious to look at, like to contemplate, like, what am I doing? Why, why am I here? And then, and then, so then maybe we just assume for right now that we're not dealing with like a narcissist or a psychopath because probably just wouldn't really get you very far with them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then it would be like exploring the observation, feeling, need and request. So the observation, like, I'll just, I'll just break it down. Like, honey, before dinner, I asked you to do the dishes and they're not done. I'm, it makes me feel seen and loved and heard. Like when I make a request and it's, and it's satisfied, you know, that's one way to, you know, like, that's one way to, to like, can you, can you do the dish? Can you do the dishes? And then, and then he can, and it depends. It could be like, like if he says like, I don't feel like doing them right now, then that's a need of his of like, the need might be, I'm tired. 
it's so it's it just it's breaking it down so i'm tired i need some i need some space i want to relax and and this is when i can do it so finding out what the win-win between the two is and then if there's other stuff underneath that and it's just a matter of like doing that over and over again until it becomes like you know each other until you know yourself and know each other instead of instead of just kind of doing these these like i'm not going to be i'm not i'm going to be angry instead of vulnerable right. i'm going to i'm going to and it, it really it's it's about the authentic interior and then allowing the way the, the frame is everything anybody ever says to each other is a please or a thank you like please do please see me and then the response would be please respect my privacy or please respect my need to rest and and then it's just like we're either asking or or asking for the gift or receiving a gift but the way it's said can be very cruel and mean but it's the same thing it's a it's a please but it's masked as like this like to the most extreme example would be would be a criminal who does it you know you're walking down the street and they're there and it doesn't matter like criminal criminal there's no excuse for harming another human being or threatening them like to 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 there's no excuse for for threatening the body for material like stuff but that's the that's the derangement where it gets that that energy of being so incapable of meeting one's own need one own needs by through like socially acceptable means and then like that's a whole s- social systems theory because diseases of civilization and how yeah. different different governance causes like you know the way things are designed and this and that that's like a whole nother co- conversation but in that moment when there's like somebody has a knife to your throat and says, give me your wallet. You know, their need is like, I need to feel powerful. I need to feel secure. I need to, I need, and, the, and these needs are being met in a very deranged, antisocial, disgusting way, you know? Yeah. And, and, but it's, you see how like, there's needs under every action. Every strategy has needs and emotions underneath it. And so, so what it sounds like to me is the nonviolent communication. Like I love the framework and and this concept of observation, feeling, need, and request. That makes so much sense to me. And mm-hmm. I can see where if the two people are in relationship, they know each other, they actually care about the relationship and they care about each other, that this could really transform like everything about the relationship they could it could make it so much smoother and mm-hmm. help you get through some of the little you know the small stuff that blows up into the big stuff that causes the conflict that ends up going sideways mm-hmm. that makes a, a lot of sense to me and then i'm thinking so if you're dealing with somebody who's a criminal right who mm-hmm. doesn't give a hoot about you as a person or what your feelings and needs are or anything like that I mean, it's then well, you got to use something else. And so I'm wondering, 
you know, if you're if you're dealing with a criminal, if you're dealing with somebody who's under the influence of, you know, substances or maybe who is is, I guess, emotionally disturbed or lacks basic skills like social skills and things like that, yes. you know, or, or somebody just behaving badly, then is this helpful in that environment or, well, do you need something else? This, the, what's helpful, like using NVC in your day to day is getting reps of reading nonverbal cues and language. So how would I put it? So if, like, well, I like uh, that. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Okay, great. Yeah. So we get the NVC reps in with our people that we care about, our coworkers. And, and what that, during this, it, that helps us be more aware of the situation, like be able to like eye contact more, be able to read their body language, be able to like just reform this like ability to connect to another human being. So we get those reps in. And that makes us a little bit, and then it also puts us in safer feeling, like parasympathetic states, which reduces inflammation in the brain, like lack of sleep, standard American diet, being in cities, like exposed to pollutions and and flat surfaces and not moving a lot. All that adds to neuroinflammation, like that tired feeling, that foggy feeling. And we have a lot of that, like going to work mm-hmm. inside of that. And, and neuroinflammation slows our ability to be able to like think fast and, and connect to like our body, our present, and then whatever's going on around us. So, so just practicing MVC has this cascading positive, like, and different levels of life because it makes it, it reduces the stress where, where stress you know, like at home, how can there be the least amount? How can home be the rejuvenation place instead of another another place to that causes stress? You know, and so when, like, depending on the scenario, like being like when you, you know, gee, criminal, when you stick your gun into my face, I'm scared. You know, can you please put the gun down? Like that might not be effective. It might confuse them, but like the choice speech week. So the NVC would help us practice staying like like getting less neuroinflammation, more reps in with communicating when we're stressed. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. It's like, I'm stressed. How can I effectively communicate to meet my needs in a in in a in the most effective way? And then like so we can get reps all the time. Like if, if someone someone looks, you know, looks at us funny and then just kind of like looking at them and smiling and just saying hello. Or, I don't know. Like there's just different, like we can practice the, these elements. Right. Of, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, well, like when spirit system, when coaches like every day you can go through, you know, he has the cycle of behavior, which, which can complement, you know, and his no fear program. He's got the, he got this cycle of behavior. I'm introducing a new thing here, but, but it's like, you know, there's a stimulus and then our brain goes into low vibes or high vibes. He calls it the fear loop. You know, the fear loop is where we're mobilized. We don't know what to say or do, you know, and then we want to practice getting out of the fear loop, you know, or, and, mm-hmm. you know, so like we feel a low vibration emotion. So something that makes us feel uncomfortable and then like out of alignment. And, and then we practice 
doing something empowering by 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 being connected to you know being connected to the strength of our elements and and then like our intention it's like what am i doing right now like what do i want out of this interaction with this person like i'm at the grocery store i'm with my son i'm with my friend you know what's the intent and and just practicing that everywhere and then when we practice like being able to like feel a little bit of social stress and then getting out of that low vibration or getting out of that fear loop and then acting like in a step of solution seeking like how can i how can i reach my goal of whatever the defined goal is so in choice speech coach coach b likes to, so and so mbc prepares the foundational neural like em- empathic and communication kind of networks in our mind and our body and then in self-defense scenarios like if it's a complete stranger it's always going to depend on all of the all of the details of the scenario so having a brain like this this motivates me every day to like to to take actions to care for my brain like be hydrated <laughs> take walks make peace with my neighbors and the he was just coach b was just talking about his atm like if you look up tony blower atm um, scenario scenario yeah so he gives an example of how you can strategically use words to devalue yourself because being able to pick up on what the bad guy wants body property or life then then also checking in with what's the scenario are we completely alone is there is there safe help nearby like these are all processing moments that being in contact with like what's like how can i choose safety in this moment and what am i feeling right now can i need to accept what's happening and then if if the feel like sometimes the scenario like if you're feeling afraid and then the social cues from the bad guy if that is something that like you can't if i'm if i'm feeling terrified and then i try to act tough or something it might not translate because of the neural connections like if i didn't practice if i didn't if this isn't something i i regularly do or something so gosh it's so much to do with the scenario i'm just keep on going back there like like identifying i guess whenever the oh, if if what is there any specific if, if you throw a scenario at me i might be able to like respond a little bit more specifically cuz i'm i'm like you can even i can even yeah. feel Well, so suppose feel. suppose you're walking on the street and there's like a panhandler who is trying to get money from people and approaches you very aggressively demanding money. Okay. Well, if he's first out like I would be if I'm like walking up the street and then I see somebody on the like standing up against a fence. and then the sidewalk is 5 feet like wide or something and then i'm checking in is this like what's the vibe i get so i'm like 20 feet away and i'm like 
all right. He's there's other people around. There's other people walking around. And I'm not getting a terrible bad feeling from him, but I'm going to put my phone in my pocket and I'm going to kind of diffuse my vision as I'm walking past. Right. So there's like these, like just the approach, like just, I'm just thinking and say like, okay, he's not like he's, I'm just, he's about five feet away now. Like I'm walking by and then he, then he kind of aggressively approaches. And what does he, what does he say to me? Probably something that isn't super easy to understand. You know, so I'm, I'm thinking I've had this happen in San Francisco is Mm -hmm. what made me think of it, you know, where the sidewalks are kind of crowded and narrow and there have been people who are. I mean, sometimes not even coherent, but it's really clear, like money is the goal. Like, give me, give me something. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely, so, so if he just kind of approaches quickly and then I see it in the corner of my eye and, um, I kind of, my hands move first, you know, I'm just, I'm just imagining cause it startles me and then I don't have anything in my hands, but then like, there's just somebody coming and I'm not sure if he has something in his hands or if he's, he's whatever, but it startles me. So I'm just kind of, but I was kind of situationally aware because I'm walking in a city and then there are, I understand that there's panhandlers, they might be on drugs, they might be whatever. And then I have to like, that's a, that's a, what's my, I mean, that's what's my go-to line (laughs) or, or what do I do? So if he gets, if he gets within arm's length, of course, like, I'm going to use my start, my, my startle flinch, my startle reflex to like turn and face, face him. And then like, I'm like, Whoa, Hey, you, you scared, you scared me. Like you just, you know, walking up on me like that or something. And if he's like, give me some money. And then I could, and then I would, I would just be like, no. <laughs> and then, and then see what he says. And then, and then if he's like, if he comes towards you some more, then, then it would be like, stop, you know, that's, that's close enough. Or, or he might sit back down or cause it, you know, it depends. I think just like being able to say no and then not, you know, and just allow the, I mean, that's one possibility, you know, and it feels weird. I mean, even saying it like, cause I just, it wouldn't, I wouldn't know what, that would like I'm I'm getting caught in in this fear loop in my own mind with something that didn't 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 even happen yet. And well, but that's what happens to us though, right? Is is yeah. we get in that space where it's like, you know, do I respond? Do I ignore him? If I respond and I say, no, I don't have any money, or you know, sorry, I can't share anything today, or something like that. Is that going to yeah. trigger a bigger reaction? You know, well, or if I walk yeah, away, is he going to follow me? So like, how, how did the things that you, you were talking about with the nonviolent communication and the nonverbal cues, like, where does that play into being able to, well, uh, kind of deal with that? That's a good, well, he's a human. He's a human being who probably is used to not being treated like a human. Who knows? I mean, there was one scenario where 
And there's a lady. It was, a, I feel, you know, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest. It's like there's, there's lady panhandlers and then there's, there's mm-hmm. male panhandlers. And then I feel differently about them just by the nature of society. Right. And it was New Year's Day and she just like, she had a black eye. And so I walked up to her and I asked her what her name was. And just, and cause I was just like, I would, it was mostly for, to explore, not for anything for her, but it, to explore my emotions and confusion and stuff around her. It's like, oh my gosh, she looks like she's my age. And, and, and I'm like, and then here I'm having all these different thoughts. And I'm like, I'm going to try to humify her. And I'm not telling people to do this with panhandlers or anything. Like it always depends on the scenario, but just, I'm just explaining this in terms of like the, this connection that's lost between human to human based on a number of different variables. So I didn't I, like, I felt it was daylight, but it also, I also felt generally fine. With, it was on the side of the road where cars pull up and stuff. And she had a little sign. And then I'm just kind of like, yeah, I saw you here. I saw your lady and, and here, I want to give you some, some money. And what's your name? And then like, what do you, you know, like, what do you want out of life? Cause I'm just curious with your circumstances because you're out here and she's like i just and then she was just like i want my mother to take me seriously (laughs) that's what she told well first she said i don't want to be cold because it was winter and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's i was like yeah that's fair that makes sense and her name was desiree but and then and then and then i and then and then she like paused for a moment and and then she's like i want my i want my mother to love me i want her to accept you know, like I quit drugs and I want her to accept me now and stuff. And I'm like, that's deep. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then from around, like there was a little park, then her, like, I don't know who he was, but he popped out and he's like, are you okay? What's going on? So then I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I like, so, so she was like, he's was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. We were just talking. So that was interesting because then like this other variable came out where right. I was I was like, all right. But you know, she waved him off and then he went back to where he was sitting, like hiding, I suppose. And I think probably just like maybe, you know, women women probably appease to the sympathies more and can collect more cash. But mm-hmm. like these exploring you know, like understanding humanity and exploring humanity and then like looking at the scenarios as they are and then trying to get more and more specific. Like I would like just back to the principles. It's like if someone comes into my para, para, um, parapersonal space, then that is like no bueno. And I'm in my like nonviolent posture and like from spirit system, like that's huge. You know, if we're surprised, we have our hands like, you know, like out in front of us, like the, the, the natural reaction, our fingers are splayed. And then like, we're like, whoa, you know, like if, if, if a ladder was falling toward, you know, like if we're walking and then a ladder like falls toward us and we put our hands up to stop it, like that's, that's kind of a natural response when, when there's an unexpected stimulus. So following Mm -hmm. the same principles. And being present and then reading the, reading the, the, the cues of the person. So if, 
this panhandler who aggressively says, hey, give me some money, lady, right now. You know? And I'd be like, oh, bless you. Like, I don't, I don't have money. Do you want, you know, is there, is there, can I get you, can I call someone or, or I don't know, let me, let me rephrase that. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> unless you want to, unless, like, it depends to like, in, if, if he's like really on you or something, like using concern and care is, is a, like, there's these different personas that can be assumed. It's like, Am I going to communicate my fear? It's like, whoa, you popped out of nowhere, man. Like, back off, okay? I'm a single, you know, I'm a single lady. I just, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, and then see how they res- respond to being like asked a, a specific request like that, you know, because if he'll give, he'll tell, like, if he's, if he's a psycho, he'll be like, fuck that, I don't care. Then, then, you know, the thing is, it's like, we have to accept the potential of, the whatever's happening in the present like if we if we go if we think like gosh i really want to be able to talk my way out of 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 potential violent scenarios but i'm afraid i can't and i want to avoid them as as much as possible and it's like yes <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it makes it makes so much sense to me that you know in a in a relationship with a known person who is not a narcissist or a psychopath or a sociopath mm-hmm. that using this this sort of process and developing, you know, or having, like you were talking about the, the reps, the extra reps with people who really, they're not out to get you. They're not out to do you harm intentionally, but sometimes the dynamics of the communication aren't great. And that's what leads to the conflict. So being able to communicate this way clearly can change the scripts. It can change the patterns and head off a lot of violence that stems from, you know, the, the conflict or the altercation, the argument, you know, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. But also what you were saying about, so you have this little bubble around you. And, and I think we all know that we don't always, we're not always conscious that that's there, but uh, like doing an encroachment drill or something like that really helps people go, oh yeah, that's, that's close enough. Thank you. And like, that's where my bubble is. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and recognizing that that you do have that around you, and that if somebody is inside that or is intending to come inside that, then you know, speaking up, using boundaries, but also that makes a lot of sense. But also, what you're talking about that I find really cool is you're coming at this from a place of curiosity, but also from acknowledging the humanity of the other person. And I think. I mean, just my experience is sometimes I get so uncomfortable when I'm dealing with somebody that I don't know, and mm-hmm. it kind of feels like there might be a threat there, but I'm not sure. My go-to is is not to relate to them as another human being. It's it's to do you know what we call othering, right? So mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with them like that. And mm-hmm. so this this concept of you know rather than just assuming that they probably do intend to harm you. You know, depending on the scenario, you may want to actually get curious and allow yourself to care enough to make that human connection. Because if you have that human connection, that also is something that can prevent things from going sideways and becoming violent. And I, I'm thinking, I don't remember exactly when this happened, but there was a, 
a young fellow that it came into a school office and he was there to commit a school shooting. And mm-hmm. it was actually the school administrator who did exactly this. She she spoke with him and she had a lot of empathy and she created that human connection with him and, and got curious and was asking him, you know, why do you want to do this? What's going on? And that is actually what prevented the shooting mm-hmm. from happening. So, I mean, I can see how all these pieces all, you know, they play a role in different, different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's super cool. Yeah. We've actually, we've been talking for an hour and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm flies. So I, again, I just like, thank you for sort of that, not a digression, but a, a really interesting journey through nonviolent communication and different kinds of scenarios and the things that do come up and how that kind of relates to the situations we may be in where we, we do have to take action to protect ourselves and, and to choose safety. It's really fascinating. And it, it prompted a lot of things I'm going to be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So before, before we wrap up, I, I guess I would like to ask you two things. Yes. I have heard you before talking about being a stress detective. <laughs> yeah. Can you Talk a little bit about that because I, I kind of highlighted that because I thought, wow, this is really important for people to understand okay. and to be aware of. So can you kind of briefly describe what, what you mean when you talk about being a stress detective? Yes. Well, it's, you brilliantly observed curiosity. Like you, you said, like bringing in curiosity and that curiosity helps gather information. Like because information in the present moment is what can get you out alive is what can get you to your goal, like being present and observing what's happening. So a stress detective comes from another modality, collaborative and proactive solutions by Dr. Ross Green. And their website is livesinthebalance.org. And it's another kind of in the same, in the heart of nonviolent communication, where we train the way that we approach and look and see people's behaviors and words as like, uh, this is especially for children, like a child's behavior. Example, kid leaves the laundry on the floor, and then the mom gets angry. And she's like, he does this to piss me off. And that's not being a stress detective. (laughs) Like if there's an expectation, like, so the mom has an expectation, pick up laundry off the floor, dirty laundry off the floor. So the kid is not meeting the expectation because there's a lagging skill or and unsolved problem in their life to make picking up laundry so difficult, even though it might not be difficult for the adult because it's just like, here it is. But there's something going on in that kid's life. They're not being, you know, they're back to, and that draws to feelings and needs from nonviolent communication. So being a stress detective is going upstream from what we call a challenging behavior. So a challenging behavior would be 
I told you to, I told you to, I told you to pick up the laundry. And then the kids, kid says like, F you mom, you know, and that entire encounter is it isn't just kid being disobedient and being a brat. There's, there's something, there's lagging skills and unsolved problems that led up to that point and approaching with curiosity and a curiosity, like, and it's, it's a different system of, of helping kids solve, like go into their own minds bit by bit and look at their feelings and their thoughts. And then like, this is my expectation. What is going on in your heart and mind to make that not meeting that expectation? And then like, of course, some parents are gonna be like, well, the kid's gonna just say, cause he doesn't feel like it, you know? <laughs> and, but in, in nonviolent, in collaborative and productive solutions, it's, it's about earning that kid, earning the kid's trust, like the parent earning the kid's trust to like feel comfortable to communicate their vulnerabilities. It's like, you know, I, and it could be, it could be something totally unrelated, but this is where they can exert some control. Like, like I've had clients who would have a behavior at home, but it's tied to them being like bullied on the playground daily. Mm -hmm. And, and, but if I, if I was just this, you know, if I was this kid's mom and just would be like, you're grounded for a week because you didn't do this. And, and then, so the kid's going to be grounded. They're going to keep on doing that and they're going to keep on getting bullied and, and that's it. So stress detection can, can be done in different ways because there's different categories, but it's just kind of looking at it in, and the, there's, and it, it's related, like, it's interesting in law enforcement, detect actual detectives, they use this like interview, like not all, like, I don't know how widespread this is, but when I was in Corvallis, Oregon, taking a citizens academy and the detectives was talking, they were talking about a new interviewing system called Yeti. And I don't know what it stands for, but they were just like, yeah, we get so much more information out of our suspects when we treat them like humans. Like when we, when we listen to their, you know, like what, like we just, like just kind of like that example that you said um, about the the school shooter who the administrator opened up like some questioning and curiosity because the the like the TV shows show us the like good cop bad cop scenario or something like you're gonna tell me everything you want you know but right the the this Yeti style and I think it's Yeti <laughs> it's been it's been a couple years but. Yeah, the, the detective was like, yeah, we get, it's a lot less, it's a lot less energy on us. It's more efficient. Like we're able to get more information out. So it's literally, like literally it's being used by law enforcement to a good effect. And it's also being used by school systems across the country as, a, as an alternative and a more effective long-term solution to, to reward and punishment. Because behavior modification like there it can if a kid has like a kid who's labeled as a troublemaker usually has up in upwards of 90 unsolved problems across their like existence like mm -hmm. and and that's just a lack and then that just teaches that just teaches them not to be able to communicate their needs not to be able to identify their feelings and that and that generates criminals in the future because 
in my right. old job in mental health skills training, it's like for every seven to ten dollars, like for every dollar spent in this kind of preventative training where we teach these kids who are having a rough time how to identify their feelings and ask for their needs to be met and help them meet their needs as safe, trusted adults. Like for every one dollar spent preventatively, proactively saves ten dollars on the criminal side of things on the right. on the so and that's just like that that was like the line for our for the nonprofit like I worked at a nonprofit for the for to help families out like this and that was like a line for our donation <laughs> like mm-hmm. when we we're asking for donations and stuff. So so that's the yeah I love this. Like what I love about this and, and why I wanted to bring this up is because you know again we 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 really don't want to get into a physical fight. Mm-hmm. You know, but we we end up sometimes in them because we can't resolve things verbally. You know, and, I mean, what do we tell our kids? Right, use your words, not your hands. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so this curiosity and and I love this idea of if if the person that you're dealing with is either not cooperating, not doing what you want, or they're they're exhibiting one of these challenging behaviors, and boy, how do you do? I have experience with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we tend to take it personally, number one, mm-hmm. and, and we, it, then it becomes a control issue, you know, like, Hey, I'm in charge. Uh, you know, you need to do what I want. Damn it. And mm-hmm. there's where the, the reward and the punishment comes in. And mm-hmm. so when you start thinking about what you were talking about with the, you know, well, maybe this person, there's a skill they don't have or an un, unsolved problem that is causing mm-hmm. this, that changes the tenor of the conversation completely Mm -hmm. and how many of us you know thinking about unsolved problems right those could be things like i'm getting harassed at work Mm -hmm. or you know i i applied for this job and it's taking forever for me Mm -hmm. to hear about whether or not i got it you know there's all kinds of Mm -hmm. unresolved issues unsolved problems that make people feel powerless and so maybe the reason why this person that you're dealing with is is not cooperating or is using this issue kind of a as a you know I'm going to make this my last stand I'm going to battle to the death over this it's not because of the thing mm-hmm. it's because of these other things going on and it, it makes yep. so much sense to me that if you can bring this awareness into the conversation mm-hmm. then your odds of being able to find a way out that is such that you don't end up with either of you exploding and getting physical, just mm-hmm. go through the roof. I mean, to me, yeah. that's why this is so important because we yeah. all say we don't want to be in the physical fight. How do you not be there? And, and to me, this is a huge missing piece that, you know, that we don't know about or don't learn. So that's, that's why I wanted to bring it up and thank you for kind of walking that out. That was, that was cool. And I'm going to look up Yeti interviewing skills because that sounds neat too. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Man, the way that you just kind of uh, intuitively summed it up, that's spot on. It's like, it's spot on, like for sure. I, oh, good. Not it's it's, it's (laughs) like you picked up, you picked up the importance of it right off. Like, and, and I just, you know, I just explained what I explained and I'm like, oh my gosh, she used the words that I wish I used, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why but, there's two of us in this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But that's definitely like the, I think the piece 
what I like to call like the invincibility factor of, of other people's, like when I was working, I was, I was, they, the, the therapist would give me their toughest clients and they, these, these kids would, they're filled with so, and, and there were kids. So it was, you know, they, they were filled with so much emotion. I would get attacked. I would get cursed at, I would get, you know, all these different things. And I kept an even keel because I was able to like, really just not, you know, when we hear people say, don't take it personally, that's like, that used to bug the crap out of me. Easy know? to say. Yeah. Easy. But, but, but then, you know, understanding the, the components of what don't take it personally means. And you, you, you synopsized it like, like being able to be like, Oh, this person off the street who I don't know who's acting like inappropriate toward me. Like that is that they lived some kind of life where out of all of the things on the planet they could be doing with themselves, they're, they're stuck in this internal hell that makes, that makes like the only way that they can communicate to another person in this, in this kind of rude way. And now it's like being, you know, it's being directed toward me, but it's just kind of like, you know, getting mad at, at a, like getting mad at a baby for crying, you know, like we don't, we don't do that. And this is just like these babies grow up into adults. They look, you know, they look like adults. They, they have words and language that adults use, but it's just like a bunch of crap happened to them. And that's the way that I can like not take things personally from strangers now. Now I, I will be like, you know, I won't take it super like in terms of a t- it being a 10 out of 10 of like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And it's, sh- you know, shaking my rest of my day up or something. And it's like, it's, it's more like, all right, whatever their circumstances were, like the, the more ill their behavior is, the, the more like there's unsolved problems, like lagging skills and unsolved problems, just layer upon layer upon layer of their life. And it's, it's not mine. I don't own it. I'm not responsible to heal this person. It's just, I, I have to just maintain my integrity, maintain my value system and, and then move on through my day. And, and, yes, that, and, and not, not being reactive is, yeah. you know, and, and this is when you were talking about the brain, you know, being able to stay in, in the parasympathetic state and actually have access to your cognitive abilities rather than getting activated and reactive to me yeah. makes all the difference in whether or not you're going to be able to choose the safe option and and keep yeah. yourself safe. So yeah, I yeah. love it. Cool. Well, Alice, we got to wrap it up. We've been going for yes. a while and thank you so much for coming back on the show and letting me pick your brain and talk about things that I don't talk about with anybody else. You're so, welcome. Yeah. This is so much fun. It's, it's so, it's, it's so nuanced, but it is all about like building those present scenario skills and just having principles to be guided by. Like, that's why I'm hesitant to ever, like, to give scripts or say this each time. Cause it just, it's more like, nope, know who you are, get your elements, like check in with all of your elements, define your values, take care of your body, you know, love those who are you around you and and then make that connection to the divine so yeah, um, i love it <laughs> thank you so much cynthia
Oh, thank you, Alice. I would say I was challenged, you know, because it's, it's, but you're welcome. You're welcome. Good. Well, this has been the Born to Be a Badass podcast. Stay safe and be a badass. You've been listening to the Born to Be a Badass podcast, the groundbreaking show that shines the light on women, violence, and safety, life after trauma, and how to build personal power and courage. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode and share it with your friends, family members, and colleagues. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review that will help our show reach more women around the world. Tune in regularly for more exciting conversations full of insights and wisdom you won't hear anywhere else. And until next time, embrace your inner badass.